So I want to get, have a look at a couple of um, passages this morning from Matthew. And we're going to have a think about the importance of children, okay? The importance of children and how God has a really special place in his heart for children. Matthew um, chapter 18, uh, and we'll start at verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed them among him. Can, can you imagine this group here and asking Jesus? And he takes this little child and places this little child in the group. It's a lovely picture. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and if we look in the next chapter in Matthew 19 at verse 13, the little children and Jesus. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went from there. It's interesting that last week we were looking at the um, story of the woman with the issue of blood and how the crowds kind of kept and stopped her from seeing meeting with Jesus. And here it's Jesus' disciples that are kind of rebuffing um, the people and the children away from Jesus, probably with good intentions. But this morning I want to take some time thinking about our responsibility in raising children to walk with Jesus and to know Jesus. Now, you might be sat here today and thinking, well, I don't have children. Children aren't part of my life, and so this really doesn't apply to me today. However, I really believe strongly that this is the responsibility of all of us. Okay, here as a church, we are blessed um, with children here as the part of the family at Shiloh. And it's so important that each one of us take that responsibility to see our children grow in the knowledge of Jesus and to walk in the power of the Spirit without limitations. And I think we put limits on what children can do. But actually, it's very powerful when children come to know Jesus and walk in the power of the Spirit. And as a parent myself, I know how much I need God's help in raising children and the help of those around me. You know, those who have had a dedication here, you know, we will have stood up and committed ourselves as a church to supporting families, to supporting parents as they raise children. And uh, so I know how important it is for me. So it's a responsibility for each one of us. You know, personally, I'm grateful to Jordan. Now, Jordan, I don't think you've got any children. You've got any hidden away somewhere (laughs) that you haven't told us about. But like Jordan for us as a family is a very important part of our family and has played a great part in raising our children spiritually. You know, often... I've heard Freya tell Jordan things that he won't tell me and Martin. And he can impart those, those God-given things in children that um, just help us as parents too. So we all have a role to play. And the role of family can be such an alien concept in our society today. Everything we watch and listen to often undermines the role of family and of parents. But we just read in the book of Matthew this story where people brought children to Jesus. And I love this story because we see this picture of people desperately coming to Jesus for their children to be blessed. 
to have an encounter with Jesus. And the disciples are saying, don't bother Jesus. Don't bother him. He's tired. He's had a busy day. He doesn't need to be bothered with children, almost as if the children weren't important enough to take up Jesus's time. Now, I know this is very... um, Uh, personal and um, may not be everyone's cup of tea, but we've really enjoyed at home um, the Chosen series. I don't know if anyone else has watched it. A series called Chosen about the life of Jesus. And uh, it's the life of Jesus. And it is very, it's got a lot of, you know, drama, <laughs> license, theatrical license, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's kind of gives a very human side to Jesus that you don't always see. And I love, there's episode number three, and I recommend it to you, with Jesus and the children. Mel's laughing already. You see a really lovely side to Jesus with the children, where he's blowing raspberries with them, and he's playing with them, and he's having a, such a great time. And it's such a lovely encounter between Jesus and these children. And Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hold on now, let these little children come to me. He says to his disciples, let them come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Let them come. And the children came to Jesus and they loved him and he loved them. And it's just a really beautiful picture um, of Jesus welcoming the children. And in the original language, it could be translated as the people kept bringing their children to Jesus. Like they were persistent. They didn't give up. They kept doing it. They kept on. They, kept, they were pushed away by the disciples, but they were persistent. They wanted their children to meet and encounter Jesus. And you know, I think it's really important that we do the same too that we do the same with our children. We keep bringing our children to Jesus. We keep bringing them to Jesus. That's the important part that we can play, that we're faithful, that we're persistent. And you know, the way and how we bring children to Jesus is so important. You know, we can't have our children in a bubble, however much we would like to keep our children safe in a Christian bubble. You know, Often we send our children, our youth particularly, off to Christian camps or uh, maybe our children are up here in children's ministry. You think, oh, it's wonderful because they're safe and they're in this bubble. And if you've ever been to a Christian camp, whichever one you've been to, Stoneleaf, Faith Camp, Soul Survivor, whichever one you've been to, you'll know that you go to go and open a door and someone says, no, you come through. And you go, no, no, you come through. And you come through. No, no, you come through. And everyone's so nice to each other and everyone's got a smile and it's all pleasant. And it's kind of like a little week of loveliness. At the end, you're sick of it. But um, you kind of want to, you have this little protection bubble and you kind of wish you could do that with your children too sometimes. Just keep them in a little bubble. Um, a little bubble where they're safe. And sometimes you hear things like, oh, I don't want anything ungodly in my house. I won't let my children watch this or that, or, you know, won't have them on social media. I'm going to tell my child what to wear or what they're going to play with. And can I just say that that's, that's not always the best way, you know? I always think that a better way is to teach and prepare our children to live in a real world, to live in the real world, all the things that are going on that they need to be prepared for. We can teach them through it, but we can't have them in a little bubble where they don't understand and the world is so alien to them. I know I've said it before many times, but it's a fascinating fact that we don't have to teach our children to be naughty. 
isn't it? I never sat my children down at the age of two and said, this is how you snatch a toy out of someone's hand and do it really sneakily. Or I never threw myself on the ground and flapped around like a fish and said, this is how to have a really good tantrum that's really going to annoy me and dad, you know? I never had to tell them that. They just knew it instinctively, how to be naughty and how to do those things. It's kind of ingrained in them to do those things. Um, Well, there's this great verse in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, and it's Moses' words. And this is what Moses says. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. And I love that passage. I love that verse because Moses is saying, just do it all the time. Let it be a natural thing that you're doing all the time. Teach them in the morning, teach them at night, teach them everywhere you go, walking along the road, teaching them in every moment. You know, some of the most profound spiritual moments that I have with my children are driving to school in the morning in the car. Because every morning as we leave here, we um, talk about what they've got on during the day. We talk about things that are worrying them and then we pray because that's kind of the time that we can do it in the car. Um, And those are the best moments for me with the children during the day, just driving along, incorporating Jesus into our everyday. It just incorporate Jesus. There's also a lovely verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this blew my mind this week, okay? I really enjoyed this little fascinating fact, okay? Because I discovered that the meaning of train up, you kind of think it's training up as in teaching and, you know, like doing all these things and giving them the word of God. But I discovered that the mean, the original language of train up is that a midwife, this is what it means, the midwife would crush some dates Okay, and dip her finger into the dates and rub it on a newborn's gums. And that would stimulate thirst for a mother's milk. Okay, so the word train up here means to create a thirst within your child. Create a thirst. I thought that was brilliant. I got really excited by that. I thought create a thirst within your child for the things of God to create a thirst. Also, the word child used in Proverbs 22 is used in different ways in different passages. So in one passage, it relates to a baby or an infant. In another, it speaks of a young boy. In another, it's related to Joseph at the age of 17. In another time, it's related to a groom preparing to get married. So it's kind of saying this, It's speaking about training to create a thirst in your children right through from babe to adulthood, right the way through their years, all the way through their childhood stages into adulthood. So if we put it all together, the verse is saying, create a thirst, create a thirst and give your child boundaries from the beginning to the end, from infancy to young adult. And that's what each and every one of us is called to do. We're called to give physical boundaries because we want them to be safe. We want them to be protected. So we need to give them boundaries. But also seeking to grow in them a motivation and a passion and a hunger and a thirst to know and love Jesus. And what is the best way for us to create a thirst 
in people and in those around us. The best way, I think, is to stir up an appetite. Stir up an appetite. You know, when Martin and I go for lunch sometimes out, often we'll order the same thing, okay? And he'll order a side of fries, okay? And he'll say to me, you going to order any sides? And I'll say, no, I don't need any sides. I'm not that hungry or I don't need any. And then when his fries come... You know, they look so good. Are you sounding familiar? That I end up eating his fries, okay? So I end up dipping in and eating most of his chips, okay? Because they look good, they smell good, and I simply can't resist at that moment um, stealing his fries. And it's the same way with us. We can create that hunger and that thirst that's irresistible. Irresistible to those around us. Irresistible to our children, Okay, all we need to do is live it out ourselves. Live it out ourselves. Live out um, our faith and be the people that God has called us to be. Know our identity in Christ, our identity. My identity, yes, I'm a mum, yes, I'm a, a wife, yes, I'm a daughter, yes, I'm all these things, but my identity foremost is in Christ. That's what I need to model to my children so they can't resist it. What we teach our children, first of all, needs to be real to us. We need to know it ourselves. It needs to be real to us. Faith in Jesus is something that needs to flow into every area of our lives. It's something that we should be talking about, not just at church. It's not just about leaving um, our children's spiritual lives up to an hour with our children's ministry leaders on a Sunday. If they have one hour a week with them. We have all the other hours. We can support, we can encourage, we can build on what you're doing throughout the week, but it's about us. What are we doing in the week? Not just at church, not just at a time we set aside around the dinner table and say grace. It's about all through our lives. I was thinking about this, thinking about when my children are sick. Yes, it's good to reach for a bottle of cowpole. Okay, <laughs> I get that. It's good, good good thing to do. Um, And if they can't sleep, good thing to do. No, didn't say that. Um, Go to a bottle of cowpole, okay? But also, do I say, let's talk to Jesus. Let's pray about this together. Let's sit and pray. You're anxious about going to school today. You're worried. Let's pray for this thing. Is it the first thing that comes off my lips? Do they see me and Martin? If we're going through difficult, do they see us praying together? Or do they just see us praying together? Anyway, do they see me having my devotion in the morning? You know, it's these things that we model to our children. You know, Jesus is part of my life. If I'm walking the dog, if I'm doing, Jesus is part of my life. The Holy Spirit is part of our lives. We know that. And so we need to encourage our children to do the same. As we model that to them and teach it to them, it grows a thirst in them as well. We need to be good examples. However, there are times when children go their own way. We know that, when young people go their own way. And that can lead us to feeling like we've failed, we've let them down, we've let God down in some way. Somehow we haven't done what we've been called to do. You know, maybe you haven't talked to your child for a while Maybe you haven't got contact with them. They don't want your faith. They don't want your lifestyle. And it's hard. It's really hard. But don't give up. Don't give up. 
just know this. Children can escape from our presence, but they can't escape from our prayers. Okay, keep praying. We keep praying for them. You know, we were um, in France a couple of years ago, and we've met this couple, and um, they said to us, what do you do? And obviously, we opened up a faith conversation, and they said, oh, our parents, um, the, the husband's parents are Christians. They go to a church in London, quite a large church, and they're always saying to them, come on, bring the grandchildren to church. And they're like, no way. Don't talk to us about faith. There's no, we don't want to know about faith. Not, we're not interested. Can't believe you trying to push it on us all the time. Don't talk to us about it. They were like really quite strong with us about it. Anyway, every time we've seen them since, they've talked about God. <laughs> they've talked about faith. They've talked about our faith. They've talked about our relationship with Jesus, what the children do, you know, what we do at our church, what does our church look like, how they just, I can't stop them talking about it. Those parents have no idea that those conversations are going on. They probably think there's just a rejection. We don't always see what's going on. Just keep faithfully praying for your children. Just keep praying. You know, that's all we can do. We just need to be faithful. And, you know, I strongly believe that through meeting so many different people in so many different circumstances throughout the weeks, that many of the problems that we're facing in our island and in our society and in our culture today is because of the breakdown of family. It's the breakdown of family, it's the breakdown of family values, it's the breakdown of family commitment to one another, and it causes a breakdown. And we can model that here in the church. You know, it's a time for us to, to, as parents to be spiritual leaders in our homes. And you know, more than ever, we need spiritual grandparents Okay, we really need spiritual grandparents. We need grandparents more than we've ever, ever needed them before. You know, and as I said, you don't have to have grandchildren to be a grandparent. Okay, we have a whole load of children here at Shiloh who need godly wisdom and they need godly direction. And they need it demonstrated from people who have gone there before who have gone there before, who have the experience and have been there before. And finally, we have so much to learn from children. Steve, listen to this. All right. We have so much we can learn from children. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What did he mean? You know, all of our wisdom as adults, because we all have it all together, don't we? We have it all sorted, we have everything right. Um, All of it would say that to know God, a child must become like an adult. That's what we say. But actually, Jesus says the other way round. His model is like it's more important for us to become like children, because he always turns it around. Jesus' point was that we should have a childlike faith, not a childish faith, because that's different. We don't, shouldn't be throwing ourselves on the floor and having tantrums and um, getting stroppy, okay? But we need to be childlike, and there's a difference. To be childlike means to approach the things of God with humility and trust and faith that is pure and simple. We complicate things, don't we? We add on our own bits and bobs and make our own rules and and things. And actually, 
children have it beautifully pure and simple. So two important things we can learn from children. Firstly, children are really honest. Okay, they might tell fibs sometimes. We get that. We understand that. I remember Joseph coming home from school with a load of Lego in his pocket, telling me he hadn't taken it from school. He had just, but um, yeah, and the teacher had given it to him. Yes, Joe. Um, let's take that back in the morning. But they might tell fibs, but they're honest. If they're happy, they laugh, don't they? You hear them laugh, full of giggles. If they're sad and they fall over and they hurt themselves, they cry. And they go to the person who they know will love them. That's what they do. Children are honest. And we should all come to God with that childlike honesty. You know, I loved it. One of my favourite things at Upfest over the summer was festival that we had was the disco on Saturday night, you know? Because I felt like we like learned a little bit what it was to be childlike. We didn't worry about what people thought of us. You know, we let, the, let our hair down, let the boundaries down. And it was brilliant. You know, it was great. Anyway, the side. Secondly, children also come in a state of help, helplessness. Okay, they're aware that there's a lot of things they can't do for themselves. They couldn't live independently. I couldn't put a child in a house and just say, right, live now. It would be disastrous. They can't feed themselves, cook, go shopping, do any of those things. They come helpless. Sometimes I look at my children and I realise that actually when I'm paying for the shopping or paying for a meal, they never doubt that I've got the money in my account to pay to pay for these things. And you look at them and you think, you've got a lot of trust in me. There was once when I was... Um, when Joseph was, sorry, Joe, it's not about you today. Um, Joseph was about three years old and uh, we lived just around the corner and uh, I took him up to Beausajour Park, okay? And to get to Beausajour Park, I had to walk through the water lanes, which is, you know, a nice walk in the daytime. But when I was in the park, I realised I'd probably left it a bit too late and actually it was getting quite dark. And I was thinking, right, I've got to get home. So as we were walking home, we entered the water lanes and it was pitch black, right, okay? And I, I have to be honest, I was terrified, okay, because I'd seen rats in there and pe- funny people in there and all sorts. And I was sweating it, okay. I wanted to cry and I wanted just to run. And there was Joseph chatting to me, Mom, look at the bats, they're amazing. And the shadows, look at them all. This one looks like this. And he was so excited and it was all brilliant because he had complete trust in me. Okay, that it was going to be okay because I was with him, which was absolutely disastrous because I was about to crumple. But in the same way, you know, that's how we should come to God. That's how we should come to God, acknowledging our complete helplessness and actually saying, you know what, it's okay because God's with me. I'm dependent on God. He's there with me. And an excellent way to understand and develop a childlike faith is to spend time with children. Spend time with them. Get to know them. See the world through their eyes. It's a fantastic place through their eyes. You know, Freya slept at um, Rachel and Phil's last night and they've come to me this morning and said they've made a business where they're they're, going to sell frogs. Well, what a fantastic idea that is. It's coming out of a vending machine, okay? Put a token in and you get a frog. Well, I love that. Don't you just love that kind of childlike loveliness? When do we come up with vending frogs? We never do. But spend time with them. You see the world through their eyes. You communicate with them in their words. You begin to see things in their way. You know, I had the most fun I've had all week bouncing on the trampoline with Freya this week, just 
letting it all go, understanding that actually they're carefree, you know? They can just enjoy, spend time with the children. We have, um, this is an unashamed plug, really, and we have a children's ministry meeting coming up on Tuesday at 7.30. And can I say this? This should be the most exciting area of ministry to be involved with. Okay, because our children are so precious to us here and we want to see them thrive. At the moment, we're a bit at ground zero. Okay, it's like we're right at the beginning. We're going to start a new program. We're going to look at it again. We're going to put some new rotors in place. We're going to, we want our children to live life in Jesus without limitations. We want to see them come to us and say, you know what, I told my friend at school about the, I don't know, story of Jesus calming the storm, and they were amazed. You know, we want to, we want to see our children um, alive in the spirit, and this is so exciting. Our future is in our children's hands. Our future is in our children's hands. Little did I know that one day I would be standing here doing this job. And I'm thankful to Ken LePage, to Brian and Sue for youth, for Rosemary Francis, for so many of you who were my Sunday school teachers over the years, who not only taught me but prayed for me, who modelled to me what it meant to have faith and directed me in the way of Jesus. We don't want to be, you know, worried about children making a bit of noise or, you know, ruining our worship experience. We want to be equipping and encouraging children in our congregation. Um, We want to see them um, alive in Jesus, walking from infancy to to adulthood, right the way through, encouraging them in the things of God. You know, every single one of us has an opportunity to not only make a difference to the life of a child, but to transform a family. Do you know, if you, it always starts with children. Children are the key. You know, when we've run children's clubs, you get families come in. It, it just seems to be the way it is. You know, children are just are transformational. That's what we need to do. And we have a commission to preach the gospel and to make disciples. That is the commission that we've been given by Jesus himself. And we might not be able to share the love of Jesus with every single person on this island, but we can start here. That's what we're called to do. Start with who we have. Start right here. The problem is this. The Bible tells us the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Instead of being out in the harvest, many of the laborers too often are fast asleep. And I don't know about you, but there's two times in the day when I get tired and I get sleepy. One's at bedtime and the other time is after lunch. Do you ever get that that snoozy? If you ever you've had to lead a seminar or lead a group, never do it straight after lunch because everyone's a little bit snoozy, aren't they? And it may be one reason why we're so sleepy as laborers is because we're so well fed. We're so well fed. Sometimes those who are the best fed spiritually are actually the snooziest. Can I put it that way? We're focused on the next Sunday and the next message we might hear or what the worship will be like next week or the next Bible study that we can go to. We're always taking in, but not often giving out. 
And if we continue to live that way, we, we run the risk of becoming obese, of obesity spiritually, <laughs> okay? Just having so, so much. And God's heart breaks for our children. It breaks for our children. You know, we see children on the news lately, particularly, and our heart breaks for those situations, do you know some of our children in children's ministry today that we have come from, it's just their situation, God's heart breaks over them for the, some of the pain and some of the things that they've seen. He cares about them desperately. And you know what Jesus modeled? Jesus modeled despite his busy schedule, despite being tired and exhausted, he made time for them. He made time for the children. He didn't send them away. He made time for them. And we are called to do the same. We're called to make time for our children. They are the future of what we're building. I know they're the church of today. I can hear you ringing your ears. They are with us today, but they're the future. They're our future leaders, and they're the future of us here today. So we're going to pray after the bands come back up. And we're going to pray. Um, and there's two particular things that I want us to pray for today. And we're going to pray in a slightly different way to 